Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where the Orchard of Wisdom shows are at your fingertips. It ignites your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your body with illumination from people who have made the journey before you. They're here now to help you on your journey, on your path of self-discovery. We are funded by you, the audience, and the people we interview. If you wish to support us, please go to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com and press on our Fund Action button. Anything is appreciated. We would like you to sit back and enjoy the shows. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Katie Drazen. She is a coach, but she's a coach uh, courage, sorry, courage creator, which I love. I think it's a wonderful title. She's a speaker and author as well. And she speaks, you know, the courage creator, inspiring audiences, audiences and readers with her message of breakthrough and becoming unstoppable. She's the number one best-selling author of Tell Fear Your Boss, How to Push Through the Fear and Be in Control of Your Living, Your Dream Life. And we've got to discover what that dream life is first, don't we, before we live it. Katie loves teaching people how to step into fear and learn how to be courageous. Uh, she it helps people identify what their fear is that's holding them back. After hearing her speak or attending one of her workshops, individuals leave knowing they're capable and worthy of even more in their lives. They feel motivated and inspired and handle whatever challenge comes their way. They're more confident taking steps to create their dream life by using fear as a motivator and not one that holds them back. So let's look at what this fear is. I mean, fear one has to look in the face and go, okay, bring it on, fear. What am I afraid about? Why is it holding me back? Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. What, nobody goes through life without some form of fear, right? And what is fear? It's not you know, not knowing something. What are we afraid of? It's something we don't know or, or mm -hmm. something that may happen to us because we don't understand or we feel powerless. But if we can understand what fear is, we can face it so much better, can't we? Exactly. Yes, fear is an emotion. Mm -hmm. It's the same as feeling joy or happiness or sadness. It's in the same category as, as our other emotions are. And so understanding where that emotion is coming from and how that emotion was created helps us to create a healthy relationship with it. Healthy relationship with self is where we need to start, isn't it? And we, we don't have that healthy relationship with self until we face the fear. And very often we don't understand that that fear is something that's been instilled in us, that it's somebody else's fear that's been imposed upon us that we're busy carrying around. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I talk about in my book that fear is, um, fear is learned and both ex like happens through experience. Mm -hmm. And so fear is rooted in limiting beliefs and those limiting beliefs are created by our experience in life and the things that we're taught when we're young or the things that happen to us and we attach meaning to it. And then that meaning becomes a fear. So when that thing happens again in our life, we're like, oh no, I'm afraid of this because this is what happened last time that this happened. Yeah. 
Um, that could be so said of relationships. <laughs> People have a bad relationship yes. and they're never going to have a relationship again. And what do they do? They seem to go right back in. It has mm -hmm. a different face, a different title, but right back into that same atmospheric relationship because <laughs> they didn't face the fear and let it go or raise their own frequency and vibration to a higher level to attract a different outcome. Exactly. I talked to so many women who are recreating the same relationship, different names, same relationship over and over and in, the, in their life. And the common denominator in every relationship is you. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not willing to look at what you're bringing to the table, what fears you're bringing to the table, what emotions, what um, limiting beliefs, what programs you're bringing to the table, then every relationship, you're going to continue to attract the same type of people into your life and recreate the same relationship. That goes for your job. That goes for your relationship with your family, with a loved one, with self. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it affects absolutely everything in your life. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I know that I was attracting really not so great jobs in my, well, they were great jobs, but they weren't the right job for me. Right. And so being in that job, like I was miserable. I was mm -hmm. creating the same experience in my life until I was willing to look at who I was being and what I really wanted in my life. I continued to attract the same types of environment in a job, in relationships, friendships, whatever mm -hmm. the case may be until you're willing to like look in the mirror and say, okay, something has to change. Something has to give and in investing in myself and personal development and growth and emotional intelligence training has led me to the career that I wake up every morning excited to change people's lives. Mm. We don't realize we're stuck in a rut, in a pattern. And yeah. And that pattern can really root itself uh, into such a way that you're too afraid to change it, but you don't even know you're in it. And, you know, it takes something, you know, sometimes it's the old cosmic two by four, but in sometimes it's just a nudge, nudge, wink, wink for you to realize, hey, I've done this before and I'm expecting a different outcome. You know, so it's yes. something that we need to face. Pay attention to the signs along the way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Exactly. It just, it is. I have a mentor who he always says, like, we're always really good at seeing other people and what's happening in other people's lives, but you can't see yourself. It's like you're watching this movie happen in front of you, like your life as a movie and you don't realize the impact you have on that movie because you can't see yourself right. on the screen. And so you need other people to be able to help point that out or look into a mirror and say, hey, there's something like not working here. I mean, I've had really uncomfortable conversations with people important to me who are like, hey, you're choosing the same behavior. You're falling into the same patterns. Like maybe you want to look at that. But like in the moment, you don't realize that you're falling into the same patterns until someone's either brave enough to point it out or you're like, hey, 
I feel like I've been here before. Right. And we're going to go into a defense when somebody says that because we, we want to defend our actions because we feel small or we feel stupid. Uh, or, you know, um, we, we know they're right, but, you know, we don't want to admit it. <laughs> and that's just ego. Right. That's just ego yeah. stepping in. And, and all right, you're going to have that reaction, but go away, take a breath, have a good look in the mirror and ask yourself, is that what's really happening? Because your mirror finds it very hard to pull the wool over your eyes. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to admit that we've been doing something that isn't working or that we've been recreating the same negative situations. I think the more work you do in yourself. Like I look on at personal development as um, the same as like going to school. Like I invested a lot of money in having a master's degree. And I have also invested a lot of money in personal development work. I look at it similarly. Like if I'm willing to put so much into education, then I'm going to be willing to put so much into myself. And if I'm not willing to do that, how can I expect my clients to pay me if I'm not willing to do the same and with like the more you're in that space and the more you're in that work being coachable mm. and being like, okay, if I'm getting defensive, there's truth to this. Yeah. And if there's truth to it, then maybe I should look at that a little more. Yeah. Cause if I was, if I wasn't defensive, then maybe it's just something that the other person is, is projecting on me. Cause like the, the four, the book, the four agreement says like mm -hmm. a lot of times when people are saying negative things about you or to you, there, it's just their own projection yes. of themselves onto you. And so if you don't feel defensive of that, maybe it's not for you, but if you're defensive, there's a reason the def like the defenses are coming up. I love those four agreements. We'll just hit them right now. It's like, speak your word with integrity, yes. right? D don't assume. You don't, don't know until you ask, right? You don't understand until you ask. Um, don't take things personally. This mm -hmm. is their issue they're imposing, imposing on you. But if it's tricking something in you, there's a reflection there that you need to tend to. Yes. And then do your very best by your own standard, not somebody else's, right? If, your 100%. Says, if my conscience says I've done really well today to the best of my ability, that's the only person that needs to measure that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're great agreements. They're very simple to follow, aren't they? Same. It's my favorite book. It's, mm -hmm. I've read it like more times than I can count. Every time I travel, it's the book I take on an airplane with me. <laughs> so I, and sometimes I just skip to different parts of it. Sometimes I'll read it from front to back, but it's, it's, I, every time I read it, I get something different from it. Right. Have you read the book, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson, MD? I have, but it's been a very long time. That's a good revisiting one. I'm a true colors coach. I always refer to that one because it's really our four key perspectives. And we mm -hmm. all have a different um, key perspective and the way that we interact with people, the way we receive and perceive information. And you can have four people, which in this case is two mice, two men looking at abundance of cheese. Cheese is gone one day and it's the four reactions to the loss. And mm -hmm. you've got Sniffy and Scary. They're going to sniff out and scurry around for more. Him and her, 
you know, Harif eventually goes, well, I'm hungry. I need to go looking. And Hamas, give me back my cheese. Who do I have to sue? <laughs> and, and if you know what your personality trait is, you also know how you interact with other people and how you're going to receive other people. And it really does help you actually understand your actions or other people's intentions as well, and which we need mm. to learn, you know, what other people's intentions are. As I said, don't yeah. take it personally. We don't know what they're going through or we don't know how they're seeing something. They're just not yeah. seeing it from your perspective. Absolutely. And that's also how we like create win-win scenarios in our life. It's like yeah. when you're willing to look at what the other person is bringing to the table, what the other person is interpreting the situation as, and then what you're bringing to the table, you're more likely to create a win-win than win-lose, lose-lose, yeah. lose-win situation. And isn't life about creating win-win situations for everybody? We would live in a very different world if we were yes. all living in a win-win mentality. Well, the thing is, I'm very much about as being of service to one another. And I believe that we're all here to contribute, right? We, yes. What is our instrument? How do we contribute it? Which orchestra do we join? In that giving of that service, that is the gift that we're giving back. If you've made a difference in the, someone's life, if you yeah. can, if you can shift someone's perspective or change someone's life for the better, that's a gift back to you, right? And I think mm -hmm. that is kind of the greatest thing in life is that if we attempted more to do that with each other, you know, what yeah. a beautiful world we would live in. So yeah, I'm of the mindset that like, I use the phrase when in doubt, focus out all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm like, in, in my stuff, and like, I'm in the swamp in my own life, I'm like, okay, who can I focus out on? Who can I help and support in this mm -hmm. moment? Because that in turn feeds me. Yes. And so yes, when in doubt, focus out, like we're all here to contribute and make the world better. Like I'm uh, very much involved in an organization where contribution is one of the three tenets mm. of of the standard you hold people to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's your feel good. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's actually it steers your compass, right? It, it 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 comes from the very core of you, where you really can feel your core being very very solid. And I think a lot of people. Are, are in the fear zone or chasing an illusion of life because they mm -hmm. haven't found their compass. They haven't found that core value in themselves yet. Yeah. And so everything in life is the journey in, in order to live out, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. I mean, my business is called the journey within. Mm -hmm. So it very much is inward. You have to figure out where you're at and what you want. And my, what I've realized with people is a lot of people know what they want or have an idea of what they want or what they want their life or the world to look like, but fear stands in the way of them even admitting it because they've had failure or someone, someone along the way told them that they couldn't like that's, that was my story. Like I grew up until I was 12, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would have told you I was going to be an Olympic swimmer. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I was going to do with my life. I was going to swim in the Olympics. And after so many coaches and adults telling me that, like, less than 1% of swimmers go to the Olympics, like, you start to, like, believe that. And you start to push, like, the ambitions and the yes. goals and the mm -hmm. things you want in your life down. 
and only speak the safe things. Right. And so I find that to be true for a lot of people that I talk to. And so getting, asking the right questions and getting them to say what they really want in life, that's where it's at because they have the answers. Yeah. There's the two C's I don't like, comparison and competition. Uh, leave the competition to something like the Olympics or a game, right? Mm -hmm. But when uh, when we're competing to be the same level as someone else or when we're comparing ourselves to someone else's successes, we are denying our own success. We're denying our own abundance that lies within. We're not meant to be someone else. We're meant to be our beautiful own essence. And if we concentrate on that, we'll be that light that we seek in others. Absolutely. 100%. The comparison game is a game that nobody can win. No. Like there's no winner ever. <laughs> no. You can't win it. And I'm like of the mindset, like, sure, if there's someone out there that you, that is at a higher level of you and you're like, I want to be at that level one day. Yeah. It's not about emulate. competing with, yeah. No. It's not about competing. It's like, how are they showing up? Who are mm. they being? And who do I get to be? so that I can get to that level too. And then when you're at the same level, you're not competing against each other. Like we live in an abundant world. Mm -hmm. There's enough for everyone. There's opportunity (laughs) everywhere. And when we live from abundance instead of scarcity, Mm -hmm. like, cause competition in that regard is a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. It's like saying, there isn't enough to go around. So I'm going to get there first Mm. or I'm going to do better than you. And it's not about that. It's like, how can we serve the same, the same, the people looking for the same thing? How can we serve all of them together instead of creating this silo? Right. Where we're doing it alone. Mm. I, you know, inspiration begets invitation. So when Mm -hmm. somebody inspires you, They are inviting you not to become them, but to find that essence that's so inspiring within them, within you, right? And it it invites you to look inside and go, but if they can, can I, right? And then there's that wonderful wonderment of journey of can I, but you going back to what you were saying before, you invested in your education, right? And that's, totally mm-hmm. respectful but then people when he goes oh, I'm investing in myself I don't know you know and right. it's I, you know like, hello you know mm-hmm. the biggest and the best investment should be in self first 100% yeah absolutely because if we're if we're at our best self that's when we can create the most the most in life it's where yeah. we can help more people like living your purpose is um taking the best of what you have and helping as many people as you can. And so if you're living your purpose and you're helping people, then that's where it's at. And the way you find your purpose and get really clear on that is through investing in yourself. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I know some people going, well, you know, I don't have the money to even go to college for anything. So I don't have the money for myself. And it's that there's always different levels. There's different mm-hmm. levels that you can do. And then already you've elevated. You already have taken that step forward. Um, you're already in a better job. You're already in a better position. Now you actually can take that little extra money out and, re- and reinvest it in yourself. Because we don't go, mm-hmm. okay, I've invested. Now I have a master's degree <coughs> in my life, you know, of yeah. life. No, life is, is, is a constant learning 
right to the mm -hmm. day you know we exit these bodies right it's oh. and uh, that wonderment that exploration that what's next for me where where what other opportunities are there out there is the entire journey of life and what makes life so exuberant absolutely yeah there's only two states of being that are like of living you're either in a growth state or you're in decay and if you're not learning and you're not continually putting into yourself then you're in decay mm -hmm. and that's basically a slow death and yeah. that's not i don't want to be in there but like the two the two things that hold people back from that growth mindset is time and money yeah. and there's an abundant amount of money out there like we have like i i just found like four grand for someone to do a training like i'm like just ask the question the worst someone says is no and then when you invest that money like the money comes back to you. It's just, it's about being willing to step outside of yourself and look at what's available to you because there's money in abundance around us. There's time in abundance around us. Yeah, it's all about management. You know, there's so much money in the world, but that is mismanaged and, you know, not kind of shared uh, equally. I always say, I don't care if you're the richest person in the world, but what are you doing with that money to seed opportunities for others, right? Oh. And mm -hmm. I think that is, uh, I think the true enrichment and abundance is in the heart soul thinking of service and that the mm -hmm. money will come. The money that you need to do the work, the money you need to sustain yourself, the money you need to have, the quality of life you want will come. Um, mm -hmm. But it first and foremost, it's that investment in that true enrichment of life because mm -hmm. that's where you really understand the true abundance of life and the true gift of life. And so many people are chasing just the money. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know how many people I've interviewed who, you know, six figures, CEOs, own the big business, but they had no quality of life. They had no yeah. attachment to life. It was just they were a slave to the image that they had chased after, the slave to making those figures. They had no time to enjoy it. They had no time to enjoy their families, their life. And it's like the cosmic two by four came along and bottomed <laughs> them out. And then they had to redirect completely. And it didn't mean that they lost everything they learned, but they took everything they learned and redirected it into a more wholesome way that felt more meaningful to them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a common scenario that I see all the time is people who are like, well, I have all the money in the world, but I have nothing else. Like right. I just have money and nothing else. And then I see people who feel like they have everything except for money. Yes. And I'm like, there's, there's a balance, like being open to the like universe, like aligning with your purpose and aligning with cont contribution and being in contribution and being in alignment. Like the universe just responds to all mm. of that. It's like brings abundance, not only in money, but like time relationships all of that and when you're in alignment like that's when the universe like we we get we we get to be careful with what we put out in the universe because it's always listening whether it's mm -hmm. you attract what you are like what you're focused on and so if you're focused on not having money then you're not going to have money right but if you're focused on being in abundance then abundance comes to you like i just 
was working with a woman this weekend in a this past weekend in a training and she was like i just want abundance in my life i want to create abundance in my life and so she bought into this next level training and she was like I don't know where the money's going to come from. Like, I'm like struggling to figure it out. And I'm like, this is a really good practice in abundance. Like yeah. I'm putting this money out for it. And I know that the universe is going to bring it back to me. And the next morning she went into like a sales pitch for her business, largest offer ever for one client. They bought in and she made more money in one sale than she did all of last yeah. year. Right. Because she was like, I'm in abundance. Right. Like I'm, I'm investing in myself and I'm in alignment and I know that there's money here and I know that there's abundance in the world. And so the next day she's creating more money. Right. And if you're just out there making money for, for the title and for the power or for the Maserati and Armani suits, <laughs> you know, it, then you're going to forever be poor. Right. But if you're out there with a service that truly is enriching, and truly is of service, and you are thinking in that mindset of, of abundance, then that abundance will come to you on all levels. And yes. you will actually be better equipped to know how and what to do with that money than, you know, oh, I'm going to buy another sports or I'm going to do this. You're, no, 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 I don't need those things. I'm going to invest it here. I'm going to invest it there. Uh, something that may look after me in my old age, which is uh, we've done shows on and people should pay attention to. Um, mm -hmm. But it is, it, your money has a different agenda than it yes. does when you're just chasing the money and the title. Um, yes. you know, but when you are making money from something you truly love, then it, it just has a different meaning and purpose and a different action altogether. Yeah, when you're creating like, balance in your life like there's like I look at life as like a square there's four different sides of the square you have like your physical life your mental and uh your mental and your wealth and your emotional which is your relationships and your spiritual and when they're all balanced and you're living in that space where they're all 10 out of 10 you just bring like it's just attracted to you and that's where like you can have the maserati and you can have the big house and at the same time unconditionally giving to yourself and others and receiving unconditionally yeah that balance is where that abundance is created it's yeah if you're like only looking at like the outward like or the inward things where you're like, I'm just doing this so I can have the car and the house and like the designer clothes, but mm. I'm not going to help anybody. Then that's yeah. where the emptiness comes from. Yes. That's where the, I have all this money, but I have nothing else in my life. There's, there's fulfillment that comes from unconditionally giving to others. I'm going to uh, look at a few dictators, Putin, Stalin, Hitler, mm -hmm. Um, all people that manipulated other people around them to do atrocities. Um, all of them were inner insecure. They were small little men desperately seeking the power to fulfill something that was lacking inside of them. And we, you know, current Putin move with uh, the Ukraine, there is the only grab there is he wants power. 
He just, I can't mm. have enough. I can't have enough if I could take yes. on the world, right? And it's because there's something so desperately lacking in him that he will do whatever it takes, include sacrifice lives to feed that ego. And mm -hmm. so he is an utter and complete slave to his insecurities, to his, yes. to his lack of worth and mm -hmm. feels that he's going to get it in every other way or he's going to get admiration. And even when people hate him, he doesn't see it because he just sees, look at me. Right. And that is just a yeah. screaming, insecure little boy who's probably desperately needing to be loved. Right. When he was right. a child. Mm -hmm. And if it, when we're looking at our fear, where does it come from? Where does that fear come from? You know, you were told you can't go to the Olympics. You, you know, you'll never mm -hmm. make it. Um, yeah. I live with an 88 and a half year old who really wanted to go into science. She was in the 98 percentile. Um, first year of college uh, was completely covered, you know, by um, a, a grant and her mother wouldn't let her continue. No, it's a man's world. Like, you know, she's 88. So we're looking at mm -hmm. the 40s and 50s. It's a man's world. You'll never make it yeah. right. Immediately dismissing. And instead of looking at the person and going, you know, you don't know if you're going to make it until you try. Yeah. Yeah, our fear is rooted in three places that like build on each other. You have the limiting beliefs, which are those like ne those negative things that you're told when you're little. Like if you're told, oh, it's a man's world, you're never going to make it, then you start creating these worthiness conversations. Yeah. I'm not worthy of yeah. it, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or whatever the case. Like for me, it was like, oh, I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm not good enough or I'm not fast enough or whatever the case may be. And then you create these stories around that. Like I'm, I'm not good enough. So I'm never going to make it. I'm not fast enough. So other people are going to beat me. And then you get to like the delusion part of it where like, there's a little bit of truth in it. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough. So I'm never going to make it because a small percentage of people make it to the Olympics. And it's true, a small right. percentage of people do make it to the Olympics. And like, I was a really good swimmer. I was making state records. Mm -hmm. I was on a, like a, a travel team that you had to try out for. That was one of the best in the Midwest United States. But like, was I good enough to go to the Olympics? I don't know, because I gave up before, right. like before, I could even try. Right. So letting those delusions and those stories, like that's where the fear is born. It's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to continually tell myself all of these things and it just builds up inside. Yes. And so when the opportunity comes, you're like, whoa, there's too big of a risk for me to fail. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Um, I was a very sickly child, so I spent a lot of time in bed, so consequently missed a lot, a lot of school. And so for me, it was always like, you're too dumb. You're, you're never going to make mm -hmm. it. Let's just hope you have a good marriage. And I've always been a knowingness coach. You know, I'm, it's um, spiritual counsel by God's design, knowing what people need to know when they need to know it. So channeler. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand what I knew as a child, but I was able to impart kind of wisdom to people on what they needed to know. How do you know that? I don't know. Can you repeat that? Uh, no, you know, and it was, yeah. I was intuitive and instinctual. And, uh, and I learned that that was my gift. 
um, but the world was still needing this piece of paper. Mm -hmm. You know, you need this piece of paper of degree, this, that, etc., to validate you. And I was living in that world for a very, very long time. And it's still very evident in many places. But, you know, it, it's now come to the fact that that I've got the spiritual intelligence, not the academic intelligence. Right. And, but does that mean I'm any less of? It means right. that I'll have a few doors closed to me. Academically, I don't have that ability for there. But am I seeking that ability? Is the road that I'm seeking any less important than that road? Right. right? So it's mm -hmm. like, don't place the value upon yourself by somebody else's perception of what value is. Look at the gift you are, the gift you've been given. Nurture that. Educate that and use that because that's what you were given to do. Yeah. I, I am someone who let what society and the people around me were saying influence um, how I valued myself. So I have a master's degree because society told me mm -hmm. that I can't do anything without a master's degree. Right. And I almost went and got my PhD for the same reasons. And to this day, I have never used my master's degree. <laughs> right. <laughs> I spent $90,000 oh on my this God. Piece of paper. Right. And like, don't get me wrong. Like there are things that I learned in grad school that, that I you can apply to. Exactly. I apply yeah. to the work that I do today, but like at the same time, it's like, I'm not a social worker. Mm-hmm. I don't work in a school. I don't work in foster care. I don't work in policy. Like I don't do any of those things that I planned on doing when I was in grad school. And I say planned in quotes because I think I said things out loud that I was going to do and work in certain fields. But I think deep down inside, I knew that those things were never going to happen because yeah. I really didn't want to be there. I wanted to be doing something else. Yeah. Uh, my, my daughter's, um, a social worker and just kind of one course away from a, a, a particular degree in something, but you know, she has a 10 month old and you know, mm. babies, babies take up a lot of time. So yes. it's kind of putting it on hold because studying with him and his time schedule is not very easy, but she's gone back to work right now, part-time. And it's like, she was saying the other day, but I don't quite know where I want to go with my career. And I said, your career is right in front of you right now. There's little, pipsqueak in front of you that needs mama's attention is your career and you want mm -hmm. to have another child motherhood is your career at the present moment that doesn't mean you can't work part-time and be you know constantly learning constantly integrating and then when the kids are at an older stage you go okay now I, I want to really look at what I what I want to do but there's this expectation that by a certain age you've got to have this and you've got to have this by this career and you've got to do this and this that no no, it doesn't work like mm -hmm. that. And how many people do we see who have a career, then have children, and they walk away from their career altogether, and then go and start another career? Right? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that being a mother is a career, folks. Please pay attention to that. You may not get paid. <laughs> but yeah. It is a career. And what you're going to learn uh, as being a mother, the skills that you learn and being a mother, you can uh, apply to anything later. So I think it's that know where you're at right now, 
right? And what, what's in front of you right now in your life? And what can you do right now in, the, in that parameter? Because you don't want to set yourself up to fail or setting yourself up to a too higher expectation that you're not right. going to be meet. It's like, okay, my, my goal right now is to get rid of the fear, to step mm -hmm. into self-love and self-value. From there, I will discover what I can do. But don't yeah. start planning. I want to do that. So I've got to get rid of the fear and this and that because it's the wrong way around, right? It's just deal with the now, where you are right now and allow yourself to become because you'll probably take a different direction altogether once you've discovered who you really are. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's three words that come to mind when you say that and they're be, do, have. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people get stuck in the doing. And so mm -hmm. they're like, oh, it's do be have. If I do this, then I can be this way and I'll have the things that I right. want in my life. And it all starts with the beingness. Who yes. are you being? Like yes. at the end of the day, we're human beings. We're not human doing. Exactly. And so who are you being? Right. Because when you're being when your beingness matches mm -hmm. what you want, then you start doing the things that you want to be doing, the things that you're aligned with, and you start having the things that you want in your life. Yeah. It's like when I make vision boards at the beginning of the year, or I have my clients make vision boards, I never put things on them. Like it's right. not like I want to go to this place or I want to have this house or this type of car. Like, their pictures of people or um, maybe things, but it's not things that I want to have. It's things that trigger mm. reminders of like who I get to be in order to have the things that I want in my life. Yes. And so when I look at it, it's like, oh, am I being that? Is that my beingness right now? Does it match that? Like, I, I mean, I have this little, this little elephant on my hand <laughs> and while that's my spirit animal, it's really there because like every time I look at it, like it reminds me to be wild and free. Mm. Like I don't have to like, but like wild and free in like the fact that like, I don't have to be in this really structured like way that society has pinpointed for right. me. It's like exactly. wild and free in like, what feels right to me? What am I aligned with? What, what is my heart leading me towards? Right. And that's the beingness is the most important, not Absolutely. what you're doing. No, it is, you know, when you go for a job that 55% um, when you walk in, how comfortable are you in your own presence? Right. 37 percent is the tone of your voice. How inviting are you of dialogue? And 70 percent is your content. If people can't buy you and the essence of you, well, I really like this person. I really like who they are. Then they're mm -hmm. going to be more inclined to either want to do work with you or give you the job. You know, it's people don't realize that you are selling yourself before you're selling anything you have. And if mm -hmm. you don't believe in you, or if you're living under a facade, people are going to know there's something off. But when right. you come with your true essence, heart and soul and passion of what and who you are and what you represent, people go, oh, I want to be a part of that. So that's mm -hmm. the beingness. That beingness is so utterly important to everything else you do in life. Absolutely. Yeah, people are attracted to your beingness. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what they... 
that's what it's not about what you look like or what you're wearing it's it's like who are you being in that moment that attracts people yes um we're just rearranging everything that we do right because it's so easy if you're just doing you know if i do and then i will be and i'll have is you're going to go and do the same thing you did before you're going to end up with the same thing you had before and it's still not going to please you so when you step into the beingness of like you know this is me i love my flawsomeness mm-hmm. right my flawsomeness is often um, awesome because it is uniquely me and yes. i'm going to bring me to the table unapologetically mm-hmm. unapologetically and people are going to see me hear me and feel me or not And if they don't, they're just not ready for your vibration. And if they do, they're on the same frequency. And now you have no idea what possibilities you can do together. But it's been true to the essence of who you are. Yeah, I went to this training. It was like a retreat training. And we did this exercise where it was basically an exercise in is your beingness attractive Mm -hmm. to the opposite sex and so like the women would stand there and the men would like walk walk along and they would just say yes or no like it was just yes or no and like you said your vibration is sometimes for people or not for people Mm -hmm. like of of all the men I had one man say no and I was like not that I was like offended by it but I was like what is it that like all of these other men are like, yes, I'm attracted to this beingness. And this other man is like, this one man is like, no. So like, what is it that he's seeing that these other men aren't seeing? And so at the time I had bright purple hair. (laughs) And so he's, he said, purple hair means you hate men. Oh, (laughs) And I was I haven't like, heard that one. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I do not hate men. Like, I, I like, I just want to like make that clear that I just really like the color purple. My best friend does my hair and she controls what color it is at any given time. Like I, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, it literally is just purple hair. It has no meaning. And so then later on, he came back up to me like a few hours later and he's like, the answer really is yes. I realized that my own insecurities about women with purple hair, it was about me. It wasn't about you. And I was like, I'm very aware of that, but thank you for acknowledging it. But I was just, I had asked him because I was like really curious, like, how can I be different? Like for this one person as opposed to, because like, obviously if he's seeing something, other people are seeing it too, but it really wasn't even a beingness, but like the vibration that I was putting forth with this purple hair wasn't for him. And that's okay. It was, it just is what it is, but it was just, I thought that was really funny when you were talking about vibration. It reminded me of that exercise. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's okay. I always say I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm somebody's strong cup of black coffee. You are in take me or leave me. I won't be offended. There is right. not one size fits all. And it would be far too exhausting if I had to be perfect for everyone. 
right? And I'm not even going to be perfect for even one person because it, it, you, you might have a perfect relationship where they accept your flaws, but that doesn't mean they don't see them, right? right. And, and to what somebody sees as flaws and other people see, don't see is all again coming from their own perspective, their own way of seeing things. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, going back to stop apologizing for who you are. Right now, I'm going to also put a disclaimer there. If you are a mean, nasty person, you better start apologizing. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. you're a mean, nasty person, and you better start doing some work to rectify that because that doesn't serve anyone, including yourself. But if you're a person that, that has stepped into heart and love and really wants to make a difference in the world with whatever way you do it, and other people don't get you, just understand they may be at a different level. They haven't, they're mm -hmm. not resonating on your vibe yet. They may be yeah. in that recovery and your vibe might be too much or it's just meant to be unachievable for them. But don't underestimate the seed you've planted, right? The yeah. unknowing seed that you've planted in them where later on they go, I really liked that person's vibe, even though it was a bit much for me. You know, it's like something to aspire to. There's an awful lot of subliminal stuff that goes on, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And we don't, we're not even aware of that right. subliminal stuff yeah. half the time. Like, or if ever, unless someone's like, oh, you, this, like, and I make a point personally, like, if someone is, if I'm experiencing something from someone, like a positive thing, like, and even, even if it's not a positive thing, like I always ask for permission. I'm like, are you open to feedback? Like, and mm -hmm. if they say yes, then I'll give them the feedback. If they say no, then, then I'll keep it to myself because they're not ready for it. Right. But like, if someone, like I see someone and I'm just like, like this past weekend, I got to experience some really amazing people in this training that I was staffing. And like one of them just like, their essence like you could they glowed mm -hmm. like they just I don't even I didn't even know how to explain it like in words they radiate like, out yeah. they radiate like it was radiating from mm -hmm. them like their beingness and so like I went up to them and I'm like I just need to tell you like your beingness like I can't even describe it but it's like oozing from you it's like radiating around you like you have this shining aura around yeah. you that is like attractive to people like not like oh I'm attracted to you like right. I want to be with you like right. I'm attracted to your beingness like I want to be in your presence and like I love telling people that like oh sometimes people don't get it they're yeah. just like they're like oh okay but then other times it's like for people it's like reassurance like okay I am showing up the way I want to be showing up. Right. And, and, and other people may look at you and go, but what do you mean? I don't see it. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. you know, we're all in different frequencies and it just maybe that's not the person you're picking up. But look to the people that we do, that we cherish. I mean, Betty White just died short of her 100th birthday. Who didn't love Betty White? You know, she was oh, one my, of these. Yeah. She was just a pure golden hearted woman with a beautiful sense of humor who had a passion for dogs and people right and she was just it, she just chose not to feed negativity in her life but always look at things from a positive angle no matter what happened to her right Absolutely. and that that inspiration is we could look at our life and think well she reached nearly a hundred with this joy in her heart still working still mm -hmm. full of humor and it's like can't we take a lesson from that 
Can't we take a tip from that? Because Mm -hmm. we look at these people, you know, I love one of the statements that Sidney Poitier said when he was out of a movie, but he was talking to another black man. He said, when you look at me, you see a black man. When I see myself, I just see a man. And there's beautiful, poignant things that are said that become lessons to us, become observations to us. And these are people that inspire us. And if we're inspired, we're invited. We're invited mm-hmm. to look at life in a different way, from a different angle. And all of that then becomes fuel for our own fire. Absolutely. Yeah, Bob Saget, like yeah. I read a quote from him, like he was like, we're in this world right now in these very uncertain times and people are all against each other. And so all he wanted to do was make people laugh Yeah, and like give people joy. And he did that like up until hours before he passed. Yes. And- Like, it was just about, like, how can I bring joy to people? Like, pure joy in these, like, very uncertain times in the world. And that, like, that selflessness and that beingness is is inspiring. It is inspiring. These are people, when when you talk to them, they don't consider themselves leaders. They don't consider themselves really even inspirers. They're just being true to who Mm -hmm. they are. They're coming from their heart and their soul. You know, it's not about their bells and whistles. It's it's just being Mm -hmm. true to who they are. But that truth to who they are is an inspiration to us. And I think if, if we go through life, we've just been true to who we are. We have no idea who we're influencing right yeah, uh, who we're inspiring or, or, or who whose whole life has changed because of it and it really is none of our business for us to right. know right because mm-hmm. just be true to who you are don't do it because you're looking for some sort of reward or some recognition it's very very nice when people come back and kind of give recognition I, I was on a talk platform yesterday and everybody was talking about how they use social media and how they promote their their own podcasts and you know one guy was saying well nobody has time to write a testimony so I write three testimonies and they can pick which one they want and I think I can't do that (laughs) it's like uh, it's like I can't endorse people that I don't know right I I, Mm -hmm. because I don't feel that's uh, authentic it's not coming from my truth Right. right. So yeah. um, I don't, you know, I can say, yes, I, you know, I love Oprah and all the work that she's done and all of that. That's the influence that she's had on me. But for me to endorse somebody I don't even know or, and I don't know if I believe in, how can we do that? You can't buy that kind of endorsement, folks. You can't, if people right. don't, they don't. They either get you or they don't get you and they want to be supportive of you or they don't. But it's not up to you to make them supportive. <laughs> exactly yeah no you can't yeah you can't authentically buy supporters right. it's like people who buy followers on social yes. media like yes. I've never done that I will never do that because it's not authentic it's like and what is it? it's just a bunch of numbers but what do those numbers mean where's the interaction right. exactly like I I just posted not too long ago about filters on social media like the different filters you can put on your face and Like there's a filter called no filter that makes you look like a completely different person. Like it distorts the shape of your face. And I'm like, 
this is not authentic. Like, Why? <laughs> yeah. this is not authentic. And then it got me thinking about like, what masks are we wearing in our everyday life around yeah. people? Like how, what filters are we putting over ourselves to make us look or show up a certain way instead of authentically being who we are when at the end of the day, your authenticity is going to attract more people yeah. than whatever filter you pretend to be wearing. Right. It, it reminds me of the first five years um, um, I did just purely audio podcasts. And then I was doing a show. Um, I have many channels. One of the channels I was doing with someone else. And she said, Sarah, come on, let's do video. And my immediate thing came out of my mouth. Who wants to look at an old broad like <laughs> me? And then almost a slap came from the back of my head saying, it's not about you. It's about the content. If and you people, look beautiful. Oh, thank you. Bless you. But if people are put off by the way I look, then they're not ready to hear what we have to say. Yes. I have this. So I have a Facebook live series that I started a few years ago because I, I didn't have the capacity to fill, figure out how to do a podcast. And so I'm like, oh, I know how to do Facebook Live. I'll do it. And I would get calls after every episode from my mom, like, what are you wearing? Why are you wearing that? Like, yes, that's too much cleavage or like that's to this or to that or whatever. And so then I started dressing differently. And what's really funny is that I would have people that like know me really well. And they'd be like, what are you wearing? Like, right. that is not you. Like, yeah, I, I had that in my, in my coaching you know, to put on kind of a jacket or a suit or something. And somebody came up to me and said, Sarah, no, everything yeah, you're no. talking about is, is about color, is about life, is about this and that, and this isn't you. So the next time I came in with just the representation of me, flamboyancy, ah, now I see you. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. So it goes into that, you've got to be true to who you are, right? Unapologetically. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so then I had, a, I'm like, if people are, I told my mom, I'm like, people are off-putted by what I'm wearing, then they're not my people. Like, right. They're not going to hear not anything you have to say. It's going to attract right. anyway. Right. Exactly. And so now like I opened my closet and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to wear today. And like, that's how I show up like on my Facebook live. It's how I hear today. Like, I'm like, oh, I really like this purple sweater. And yeah. so I put the purple sweater on and that's that's how I do it now it's not like oh what should I be wearing what is going to make people like like me better right it's it's like the thing that you see you know I'm going to make you six figures you know in in such and such a period of time and I, I will get this you know as, as a podcast I'm coming up to my 10 years in April uh, it is like you've got to do this and you've got to do that and it's got to be this and it's got to be that and I said but that's not my audience mm -hmm. that's your audience not my audience yeah. My shows are an hour plus. They're about unraveling all the beautiful onion peels to get to the core of it, to really share all those beautiful nuggets. If people yeah. don't have the attention span or if they're put off by the, if that there isn't a suit and a flash and a dash, you know, mm -hmm. if, they, if that's what they want, they can go there. Yeah. So for us, it's about sharing our life stories and a conversation that is going to feed people into believing they can or I could use this, I could try that, I can take her program, I can read mm -hmm. her book. And it's about the invitation, just through organic conversations. You have Absolutely. to be true to who you are. Don't let somebody else come along and say, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong for them, but you're not mm -hmm. them, you're you. Yes. 
Yeah. And that's something like I work with my clients, like some of my clients are business owners and they're like, mm-hmm. uh, like one of, one of my clients, she's like, well, I'm doing this marketing training with this person. And they say that I need to do it this way. Right. And I need to interview my potential clients to figure out what they want. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Like your potential clients, like they don't know what they want. Right. Like you are the person you're like, this is what I have to offer. This is how I can serve you. This is who I am. This is how I show up. This is what you can expect from me. And that's what they buy into. Not you saying, Hey, what do you want? What should I be selling? That sends them the message that you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. Like it sends them the message that you are seeking other people's approval and you're seeking the answers from other people instead of being an authority in what you're what you're coaching or what you're selling. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, they it's, don't know what they want. <laughs> it's, it's also, again, you're not selling your essence. Again, if the essence of you is they feel confident in who you are, they feel that mm-hmm. you can really see them because they are resonating with you, then they're going to want to come to you and do business. But if yeah. you're having to do it the other way, that means, well, they haven't quite bought you or they don't quite know who you are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's like MLMs. I don't know how many people have pitched things to me and they're pitching this and they're pitching that. But what they don't do is they're pitching something. Have you found out if it's something I want? Right. Right. You're not pitching yourself. And the reason why you are passionate about this, you're pitching something because you're looking for a sale. But you're pitching, you know, an igloo to me when I'm living in Hawaii. You know, it's it's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times, like I find people in MLMs, they're in MLMs because they either are unclear or unwilling to admit what they really want to be doing in life. And they're yeah. like, oh, this is a get rich quick like way to do it because they're seeking the money. Mm. not the balance and the abundance and the alignment. Right. Yeah. And and there's a few companies that have really done exceptionally well because they are about, I believe in the product because it does this. And, I, you know, this product yeah. does this. And I believe in that it can make your life better. All right. And you, you go, okay, I'm looking for something that's going to make my life better. You've got such belief in it. Then I'm willing to listen and give it a try. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when a lot of the MLMs go wrong is they have the people which, you know, give the orange personalities that come in with the rah-rah. I made these figures. I did this. There was one guy at one MLM that I just couldn't believe that he did this. He said, I go knocking on doors and invite myself in and I don't leave until they've signed up. I would call the police on it. <laughs> I'm like, he, he wouldn't be getting in my front door. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, and, and you're saying this is okay. This yeah. is intrusion. <laughs> and yet he was right behind it. That's how you made it say Really? <laughs> I don't even buy leggings from my best friends. Like I don't I don't need any more leggings in my life. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't need any more. <laughs> yeah. I know it just like some people's perception of what should be is like, have you stopped and taken into consideration of what you are <laughs> looking like to other people? You're looking desperate. And if you're looking desperate, then somebody's already put off 
and kind of, oof, you know, no, man, you're just, you're in my face. You're not respecting my space. Right. Yeah. And it's like, we can be that wonderful <coughs> essence, but like that person that you were drawn to, you want people to be drawn to you because of your essence. You don't want to be forcing your essence upon them. Yes. I, I used to hate sales and mm-hmm. like what sales represented. Yeah. And I kind of, I look at it now because like, I'm a coach, like you're a coach, like sales is part of yeah. our business. You have to be willing to sell if you want to make any money, but I look at it a little different. I look at it as enrollment right. instead of sales. Like I'm not getting someone to buy me or to buy my services. I'm enrolling someone into their own life. Yes. I'm enrolling someone to invest in their own future, not, um, not to sell a service that I'm offering per se at the end of the day. And like, I look at enrollment as getting people to do what you want for their reasons. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get, you know, pushed all the time back for, um, the way I run my business podcast, I do anything from five to six, seven shows a week. And people say, well, how do you make your money? And, and, uh, and I, I, I do it by donation, you know, from mm-hmm. the people I interview and for the people that listen. Oh, but yeah, you know, what are you talking about? You should be doing this and you should be doing that. And I said, for my state of beingness is if you're getting something out of it, there's the donation button. I leave Mm -hmm. it up to you. I leave it up to the person as to what it's worth to them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because the big sales pitch thing is is just not me. It's got to be, if you feel that it's worth something to you, then you will, right? And that's just the parameter that I've put on mine. But the the amount of people that are constantly trying to sell to me, you've got to have this program. It's got, you've got to do this. It's going to change it. It's going to do that. It's going to do that. And it's like, you're pitching the sale before you're pitching the results. What, what results am I meant to get from this that, you know, and as one person, beautiful, his uh, company is called Pure Necessity and it's about people, planet, then profit, not profit at the expense of people and planet. And that should be in your business as well. What are you giving that is truly the enrichment and abundance and the investment into their lives? That mm-hmm. then there's going to cost them such a such in order to do not like the money up front because you put mm-hmm. so much emphasis on the money that you're not putting emphasis on the program and what it can do for them. Exactly. Yeah, the program is just the vehicle. Yes, it's like when I sit in like a sales call with a potential client, it's like, what do you want in your life? Right. What do you want to be creating in your life? And I have them paint the picture and the the program that I sell is is the vehicle to get there. It's like someone says, I want to go to Hawaii. And so they paint the picture of what Hawaii is like beaches, Mm -hmm. waterfalls, volcanoes, mountains, greenery, all these beautiful images. Well, how are you going to get to Hawaii? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to fly on an airplane to Hawaii. And so the airplane is the vehicle. That's what I, that's what I sell. Like that's that's the vehicle to get you to this life that you want to create right it's not it's not here's this thing that I'm selling you so that you can have this it's like 
you can have this. You're worthy of having this. Right. Let me help you get there. Right. Yeah. And it's not about, again, as we said to the social media, how many numbers, right? It's, right. Uh, it is about what can I do for you that's going to make your life better? And, mm-hmm. and the, if this is the vehicle and program that's going to get you there. But in the end, it, the result is when it changes their life, it changes your life. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's not about the money at the end of the day. Yeah. And like, I like the, you got to pay for the gas I, though, right? In the vehicle. I have a life. I have yes. a beautiful life that I've created and the money makes the world go round. It does. I love to travel. I love to see the world. So like, I money, we have to have money. It makes the world go round. Like I love money, but it's not about, and I think when you come from that space that it's not about the money, it's about what people are getting from the services that I provide more money. Like I'm attracting more money into my life. Right. But it's also the, the integrity of it, because Mm -hmm. if more money is coming to you, it means more people are coming to you because they have seen the results of others and how yes. happy they are of their destination. Right. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, a lot of these people that are coming to you are probably even kind of looking for more money in their lives, but mm-hmm. they're going about it the wrong way. And you're showing right. them how to invest in their own beautiful essence, be that beacon of light of meaningful purpose. And then whatever they choose to do, they will do it more abundantly attracting more money. Absolutely. Yeah. And I used to have this, like, we, we look at the world and like the richest of the rich, like the Elon Musk, the Jeff Bezos of the world, like the things that they're doing with their money are not necessarily things that I personally am aligned with. Like there's not enough contribution. No, there isn't. (laughs) There's not enough like giving back and supporting other people. And like, sure you pay your employees adequate like wages or more than other corporations are paying people but like it's it's not enough like you're not they're not doing enough yeah and so I had this very negative connotation of what being wealthy and having a lot of money meant and looked like and so I was like I like I like money because it helps my world Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be rich. Like I would say it all the time. I don't want to be rich because I don't want to, I don't want to end up in that space. You want to be enriched with the ability to fortify yourself so you can continue fortifying others. Right. Right. And then I realized, like, I had this like epiphany I was reading. Have you read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? Yeah. Um, I was reading it and I had this like epiphany that like, I can be rich. Like I can be wealthy and I want to be wealthy and have money, but I get to change the definition Mm -hmm. of what wealthy in our world looks like. Yes. I don't have to fall in line with the Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos of the world. I can be in contribution and unconditionally give knowing that when I put out into the universe, everything comes back to me right. tenfold. And so um, I can support more people. I can help more people because the more money you have, the more ability you have to reach people right. and to connect with people. Exactly. So it's not about having a negative negative connotation around wealth. It's about changing the definition of what 
being ultra rich in the world, especially in America, mm-hmm. like what that means and what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, money is not the evil. It's what no. money people, what people do with the money that could be good yes. or evil, right? So, you know, when it's invested <laughs> in weapons of destruction, yeah, not well yes. spent. When it's invested in other people, in their own personal enrichment, now you truly are seeding the abundance, not only of that person, but of their family, of their community, and of everything else that they're doing. The ripple effect just goes on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. And the more money that then they generate in their own family, in their own community, then supports more and more businesses and more families and more communities. And that is good money being projected allowing other people to do things, right? So it's not about poverty or rich. It's about enriching people uh, in your life as you enrich yourself. Exactly. Now, having said that, how do people get hold of the book? What are you offering right now in courses? And how do people get hold of you? Yeah. So um, right now, the best way to get my book, the fastest way to get my book is to get it on Amazon. It's called Tell Fear You're the Boss, How to Push Through Fear and Be in Control of Living Your Dream Life. If you just put Tell Fear You're the Boss in the search bar on Amazon, it'll pop up. You can also get it on my website, myjourneywithin.com website. Um, the journeywithin.com um, website. Um, in terms of what I offer, currently I'm offering... Um, one-on-one coaching. Um, So people can find the link on my website to book um, a free call with me. They can book a free 20-minute call with me to see if we're a good fit. We work well together. And then it it moves from there to see what the next steps would be. Um, I'm also, I also offer a course Um, like a, it's a half day workshop called, or seminar called activate your confidence within that I co-host with um, another coach. And it's for women to learn how to um, find trust in their life, set, set and achieve goals in their life, overcome fear Um, and learning how to communicate effectively with other people, because we're all, we all show up differently in the world. We all have different personalities and learning how to listen and communicate effectively can mean the difference between getting to the next level in your life and not. Um, So that's also something I'm also, like you said, a speaker. So I'm speaking at all different events throughout the year and, um, and booking keynotes all the time. Um, so that the best way to find me is probably on Instagram at Katie Drasnan or on my website, katiedrasnan.com. That will also take you can to you, my journey. Can you spell your name left for those that are just listening? Yeah. So my name is Katie Drasnan. That's K-A-T-I-E. Drasnan is D as in David. R A Z as in zebra, N is in Nancy, I N is in Nancy. And um, and there also you have an offer of a twenty minute call, free call, twenty minute. Call. Yes, yes, I have a free twenty minute call 
So anybody who would like to book a free 20 minute call, there is a link on my website and my Instagram, which is the same at Katie Drassen. Um, there is a link in my link tree for booking a free 20 minute call. Great. I have one here too, which is the journey within dot as dot me slash community meeting. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. That's a, that is directly to the to my calendar. Right. And of course, you're on the social medias, Katie Dresden, LinkedIn, Facebook, and you have a Facebook, Katie, uh, Courage Coach, uh, Facebook Katie's as well. Katie's Courage Couch. Couch. Oh, um, sorry, Couch. Yes. No, that's fine. That is my, uh, that's my Facebook live series. Right. So um, every, it used to be weekly. Now it's more um, as time and guests um, come into my life. Um, but it's just similar to this it's just casual conversation like i call them badasses in my life <laughs> and where we just sit down and have a casual conversation about how fear and courage played a role in their life and how learning how to lean into fear helped them create the successes that they have in their life right and um yeah we just it's about learning how to make fear less scary You're right and you know I, there isn't anybody that doesn't go through some fear Right? everybody and it's like you know fear can be your friend because sometimes it can come in and you go okay why are you here fear and maybe yeah. it's actually that gut feeling telling you no don't go down that road that's okay yeah. and then sometimes it's fear i'm just scared well what are you scared of well i don't know what i'm going to be doing i don't know the unknown but what you're doing is taking the knowledge you do know forward with you and that is your that is your companion the knowledge mm -hmm. that you've had before and you're in that exploratory mode of what is possible and that can exactly. change everything so it's how we look at fear is it really coming from the core where it says don't and it's like this is not the right path for you which you need to honor or is it coming from a place of i'm just simply scared because i it's the unknown and then yeah change the well, what you look fear, at the unknown fear has one job one job and it's to keep you safe Right. It doesn't know that it's holding you back from right. living the life that you want to be living. But, if but I always, yeah. oh, I was just to say, I always say like, make an empowered choice and yes. choosing not to, not to act is always an empowered choice. If you recognize that you're feeling fear, but it's not the right move for you. I'm not a, from, from, I'm not a proponent of just stepping into every fear. Mm -hmm. um, I use it's a kind of a stupid example, but I use the example, like if you're afraid of lions, the way to overcome that fear is not to go pet a lion mm -hmm. because it's not going to end up okay. Right. Right. Because we have to understand predators, no matter who they are, can smell fear a mile away. And if yeah. you're afraid, they go, oh, good victim. Right. So mm -hmm. it's understanding what you're letting off. And if yes. you're going to go into everything in a state of fear, you're going to get those predators you're so afraid of. So we really right. do need to look at fear and go, okay, all right, I recognize that you're here to protect me, but thank you very much. I've got this. <laughs> I yes, don't need exactly. you. Yeah. Which is like, so I have, um, there's like all these fear acronyms that float around, like false evidence appearing real and yeah. face everything and run or forget everything and or face everything and rise or forget everything and run. Mm -hmm. And I don't like them. Like they make you wrong. They don't tell you how to overcome fear. Right. Like they don't tell you anything. And in turn, they're creating more fear because you're like, 
wait, I'm wrong. So like, what do I do? And then you become afraid of being wrong and like making the wrong choice and like all these different things. And so I have created my own acronym, which is forgive yourself for feeling afraid. Everybody feels afraid. Like everybody has fear, embrace your fear. Thanks. Like, thank you for trying to keep me safe. Thank you for protecting me. Choose an action and then repeat because overcoming fear is a process. It's not a perfect practice. Right. So we're going to continually have to overcome, have to create that, get to create that healthy relationship in order to continually be able to step into it in our life. And so instead of telling you you're wrong, I'm like, here are some steps in an acronym format. I call it the fear formula for overcoming fear. Mm-hmm. For creating and, a healthy relationship. And the fear. thing is, is that fear is always going to pop up, no matter where you oh, are, how confident or courageous you are. And it, and it's, it is just understanding why that fear is there at that time. And, you know, looking yeah. at fear and go, oh, are you here to serve me? Oh, are you here yeah. just to cripple me? And, you know, from there you can make that uh, deduction. Um, yeah. It's not your enemy. It is here to protect you. But if you choose to live in fear, it will cripple you. Mm-hmm. And it will not allow you to move forward in any form of life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's true. So show it who's boss. Exactly. Tell <laughs> fear you're the boss. Yes, exactly. I respect your opinion, but at the present <laughs> moment, it's not warranted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're going to climb Kilimanjaro. You want kind of fear with you a little bit because it's yeah. going to tell you, yeah, no, no, no. Don't lean back here. <laughs> lean forward. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I always say like having a little bit of fear or nervousness means yes. that you're passionate about something. And yes. If you're not passionate about it, then why are you doing it? Right. My mother was an actress, a stage actress, and she was always had the ditches and, and the nervousness yeah. and everything. And every actor will tell you that that's very healthy because when you get out on stage and you step into that, that persona and, yeah. but it, it is, it's kind of like the truth of the passion of the conviction of who you are. If you're nonchalant about it, you're maybe not as connected. Yeah. I get nervous before every coaching call yeah. and every keynote that I guess. And it's because what I'm doing is really important and it matters. Like, somebody else's life is on the other side of that coaching call. So yeah. yes. it's really like, I don't take that lightly. <laughs> well, you know, it's like uh, in the army, Amy, everything else is like, you know, you're going to push fear out of you. And it's like, no, you want them to have a certain amount of fear because they're in danger all the time. They've got to recognize what that fear is, and where it's coming from. They yeah, have to identify exactly. the fear in order to be the boss of it. This fear is valid. Because there's something on the hairs of the back of my neck saying there's something wrong. You know, this fear is just adrenaline. This fear is something that is a a negative thought. And if they can identify the fear, then you know how to address it, right? But just to say, go out there and be a soldier, gun in hand, face the enemy without any fear (laughs) is actually not very practical. (laughs) No, it's like the Tony Robbins fire walk. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's not courage that got you across that fire. It's, it's adrenaline that got you across that fire. It's like, it's like, Oh, I can conquer anything. And then you run across fire and you Mm -hmm. don't like feel the, the heat or whatever Mm -hmm. in your feet. Like, you're just like, I did it. I did it. But like, that doesn't, that doesn't change anything. Like that doesn't change your relationship with fear. And it hasn't taught you how to deal with fear when it comes up again. 
right? No. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And that's what we need to learn. That's what you're teaching. How to be the boss of fear by recognizing why the fear is there. When to mm-hmm. face it and tell it to go. When, thank you very much. I needed to know that. And, and when it, it, it's just that, that's something telling you not to go down there, but recognizing what the fear is, where it comes from and how to use it. That's being the yes. boss of it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing here today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Great. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful work that you're doing here. There isn't anybody out there that hasn't got the fear inside of them. And continue to have it. It's just when you know what to do about it, they are more empowered. When you know how to recognize it, you're more empowered. And you, the way you're going about it is not to eliminate fear. But as I said, mm-hmm. to control that fear because you're in boss, you're in charge, and you know when and when uh, and when it's not appropriate, which is very, very good. Thank you so much for going in that direction. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Until next time, folks, remember, Katie's here to help you face that fear, understand that fear, what to do with that fear, and how to move forward with the fear where you are the boss and it's not in control. That's the main thing don't want fear to be in control that becomes crippling when you're in control of the fear it can be very enlightening until next time folks bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com please tune in to our selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see all the other genres that we have from you every week on tuesday we bring you new shows from illuminating people if you know someone that should be interviewed please contact us at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com now stay tuned for your next show